welcome to Radio Dijon Campus. This will be a special show today, an international show. We are a collective of eight young journalists from three different countries that were lucky to meet through Europe Convergence. And with me is now Eva. She is one of the organizers. Hi, Eva. Hi. Can you tell me a bit about Europe Convergence? Yeah, uh, Europe Convergence is a global intercultural project which is funded um, most of all by the Erasmus Plus program of the European Union. And the goal of the project is to invite young people from three European countries to share their culture, their experience and learn from each other. Um, we already did this project in North Macedonia and in Greece the uh, uh, last two years. And uh, this year we are doing it with Cluj-Napoca from Romania and uh, Mainz in Germany, which are twin cities of uh, Dijon. And, uh, and so everyone is here uh, since uh, one week and uh, sadly uh, everyone is coming home uh, tomorrow. But we are going to meet each other again in uh, Cluj-Napoca uh, at the end uh, of the summer. And um, so there are three sections in the project. Uh, there are musicians, journalists and cooks who do several activities uh, during the week as uh, cooking, rehearsal, making interviews and uh, things like that. And um, the, global, the global project is to uh, do informal learning, like uh, people um, can improve their skills uh, between each other when they're discussing with workshop and uh, with several activities. And uh, yeah, so we have this year eight journalists, uh, two Romanian, four German and two French who are specialized in different types of media, press, radio, video, and in different uh, fields like uh, political corruption, anthropology, investigation, culture, and etc. And so yeah, uh, we work together to improve our skills. What exactly were they working on during this week? Um, the journalists uh, try to create media content um, about ecology, most of all, because uh, it's an important topic for both of us in uh, every country. And we also especially uh, discover alternative places, as uh, Les Tanneries, Jardin de Lancières, Jardin de l'Engrenage, etc. And uh, we try to compare these initiatives from Dijon with some who could be existent in Romania or in Germany. And we did also lots of workshops to discuss about the profession of journalists and other subjects uh, which are linked, uh, like uh, impartiality, uh, self-confidence when we are young journalists, and uh, yeah, and some um, some of the uh, topics. And yeah, the team was uh, incredible, and I think there was a very good energy between each of us. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for organizing and for leading our team. It was a really interesting experience. And uh, so ecology and alternative spaces will also be the topic for today's little radio session. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is also where we're heading with our first song, Disconscience Greta. Show. 
listening to Disconscience, Greta. And Greta, or Greta Thunberg, is actually a good cue for our next topic. Fridays for Future, organic food, secondhand shopping. Being green has become a trend over the last couple of years. But there is still one lifestyle choice that remains pretty far from sustainable for many of us. Traveling. Low-cost flights to New York, over-tourism in Venice. This was normal, but then the COVID-19 pandemic changed our travel behavior, perhaps for the better. My colleague Judith has taken a closer look. A mild evening with a fresh breeze, a picnic in the park in good company. Finally, summer has arrived and the days are becoming lighter. COVID restrictions are becoming less severe and one question keeps arising in conversations. Where are you going for your summer holidays? For many people, going far away is not an option. It is expensive and the COVID-19 crisis has caused financial problems for many citizens. But there's also the ecological factor. Long distance flights have a big carbon footprint and many, especially young people, try to live more sustainably. In Côte d'Or, the institutions are also keen on supporting green tourism. The county has published a manifest for 100% sustainable tourism in 2020. In the document, the province calls for socially, economically and environmentally sustainable tourism. Young local businesses can help achieve this goal. My name is Melanie Mambre. I'm 39 years old. I'm from Dijon. And I created Vorvert.fr three years ago. Today it is the biggest platform for sustainable tourist accommodation in France. The idea was to gather all types of tourist accommodation and bring together those that show real commitment for the environment and put a serious process in place. The online platform helps you find sustainable holiday accommodations all over France. Whereas other platforms tell you how many pools a hotel has or whether the beds are king size, on Bauvert you can read whether a structure uses renewable energy, how they recycle and if they use local products for their breakfast buffet. The founder of Bauvert, Melanie Mambré, explains the system. I simply collected all criteria that seemed important to me, everything that has to do with ecological commitment. Like this, I came up with over 90 criteria for the environmental awareness. The accommodations receive points for these criteria throughout an algorithm and a weighting based on the impact of each criterion. At the end, every accommodation receives a final score. The Vauvert score ranges from level 1 to level 3. Five different topics are considered in the score. The building, the energy sources, the gastronomic offer, the three R's, that is reduce, reuse, recycle, and finally the sharing of knowledge about other sustainable tourism initiatives in the area. Before being accepted on the platform, every accommodation has to give proof of their initiatives and pass a background check. But traveling local is not only more sustainable. Over the past one and a half years, it has also been the easiest option. The COVID-19 pandemic has made traveling internationally a lot more complicated. For this reason, they discovered their own region or country as tourists. This trend was noticed also by Cecilia de Varine. She is one of over 1,200 hosts on Vauvert, and she is the owner of Château de Lusigny in Lusigny-sur-Ouche, about 20 kilometers from Dijon. The change has been very clear. Today our clients are mainly locals. It was really striking. The summer, for example, half of the bookings are people who come together as a family in Burgundy. They come from Burgundy and they reunite their family here in Burgundy. After traveling local, staying in a sustainable accommodation is the cherry on the cake for environmentally conscious tourists. Hopefully this trend has come to stay. Holidays are nice, holidays are fun, holidays are belle, you could say. And this is our next song, Belle, 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 Claude François. Un jour mon père me dit, fiston, je te vois sortir le soir. À ton âge, il y a des choses qu'un garçon doit savoir. Les filles, tu sais, méfie-toi, 
C'est pas ce que tu crois, elles sont toutes belles, belles, belles comme le jour. Belles, belles, belles comme l'amour. Elles te rendront fou de joie, fou de douleur, mais crois-moi plus fou. Belles, belles, belles de jour en jour. Et puis des filles de plus en plus, tu vas en rencontrer. Peut-être même qu'un soir, tu oublieras de rentrer. Plus t'en verras, plus t'en auras et plus tu comprendras. Dans ces moments, tu te souviendras que ton vieux père disait Elles sont toutes belles, belles, belles comme le jour. Belles, belles, belles comme l'amour. Elles te rendront fou de joie. Fou de douleur, mais crois-moi plus fou D'elle, 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 de jour en jour Un jour enfin, tu la verras Tu ne peux pas te tromper Tu voudras lui dire je t'aime Mais tu ne pourras plus parler En un clin d'œil, vous serez unis Pour le pire et le meilleur Mais tu tiendras là le vrai bonheur aux yeux de ton cœur, elle sera belle, belle, belle comme le jour. Belle, belle, belle comme l'amour. Comme j'ai dit à ta maman, tu lui diras en l'embrassant, tu es belle, belle, belle comme le jour. Belle, belle, belle comme l'amour. From something beautiful, from something lighthearted, to something more rebellious and more serious. With me are now Diana and Clementine. In accordance with the topic of our week, ecology and alternative spaces, they have paid a visit to Jardin d'Engrenage and also spoken to two municipal advisors about their opinion on the project. And now Clementine is going to tell us what is Jardin d'Engrenage. Thank you, Lisa. So the Jardin de l'Engrenage is a terrain occupied by militants and inhabitants from Dijon to fight against an immobile project on an abandoned area close to the city center, Avenue de Langres. Approximately 300 apartments are planned to be built in the Garden State project. And over the last years, farmers, citizens and ecological militants have been occupying the garden in order to create a new living space collective and individual gardens, meaning spacing, spaces for the inhabitants of the neighborhood, sharing meals and debates about the future. A house, a house which is situated on the site, is cutted by activists. This, this action is part of a battle that invites people to fight against the in intoxication of the world. Last March, a legal notice for expulsion was pronounced by the court to evacuate the occupants of the site. The evacuation started on the 20th of April. There was an important mobilization of forces. Bulldozers, tear gas, and even arrests were made. And uh, as a part of the Europe Convergence project, it was inevitable for us to meet the people of the Jardin de l'Engrenage to discuss with them. Two days ago, we went there over the site to see this over there to see the site. And we also spoke with Patrice Chateau and uh, Olivier Muer and they are municipal advisor, and they give us their opinions about the Jardin de l'Engrenage. So here it is, we can listen to that. Guten Tag. Moin, wohin geht's, Holland? Wieder schnelle zur Regatta, nach Duisburg. Duisburg? Ja, ja, Duisburg. Wird gemacht. Wieder schnelle. Vous êtes sur Radio Campus, I believe we should listen to them motivation behind this action. What they are telling us is that we need places to breathe in the city. We need alternative places in which we can cultivate and simply meet each other in nature. Today, the majority of Dijon citizens are conscious about climate change. We had few heat waves and we are probably about to have stronger and bigger ones. We need places with fresh air and we don't want ventilators in every house like in Dubai. 
In Dijon, we still need vegetation, trees that are the best ventilators in urban area. Would you like to add something, Patrice? Yes, obviously. Let's say that the actions of the people that are occupying this space get our intention. So it gets our intention because they are considered illegal. Keeping that in mind, the action raises important questions. How do you put up with the citizens who want new buildings because the demand is high? How can you manage the urban density and the preservations of suburban agricultural terrains? How do you find the common ground with all of this? There is also the notion of participative democracy, because in Dijon, like in other towns, the citizens are not involved enough in the process of taking decisions. The participate democracy system and the Democrats vote is a form of delegation which is done by the citizens to the elected representatives. I think the system needs to be completed with the local participative democracy. At the scale of a city, for example, so the, the citizens can contribute with their own opinions to the project. So we can consider their opinions before the launching of the construction. Why not take their ideas in consideration too and support them in the implementing process? The project could be accepted more easily by the citizens and I would say they will be of better quality. Vous écoutez Radio Campus. We just heard Jardin d'Engrenage. Now there's also Les Tanneries. Alternative and self-governed spaces ain't hard to find in Dijon, and they are important to society, offering room for leisure and for self-exploration, but they need space. And space is becoming more and more expensive in Dijon. My colleague Rahel has taken a closer look. Rahel, you told me that the creation of alternative spaces can also be a dilemma. What do you mean? Well, I would like to refer to an example here in Dijon called Jardin d'Engrenage. De, de, It's a plot of land uh, that has been occupied by activists for more than a year now. And uh, the city of Dijon wants to build housing units on there. So a local estate company was awarded the right to purchase the land and build a complex with uh, 300 apartments and a public park on it. So building ground uh, is rare in Dijon. Um, so the project might be able to help provide additional living space. But as long as the space is occupied, the project cannot be built. And has Dijon experienced a shortage a shortage of living space in the last years? Well, the number of inhabitants in Dijon has only risen by about 10,000 people between 1975 and 2015. However, real estate prices have still gone up, for example, by about 3.1% in 2020. And this makes it one of the 10 cities in France where prices have risen the most. So there is no guarantee that the construction of more real estate will actually lead to a decrease or stabilization in prices, but it can definitely help. This is interesting, but uh, doesn't the Jardin d'Engrenage also provide living space? Actually, not really. There are currently three activists squatting in an abandoned building on the lot, but they are regularly cut off uh, from electricity and the house is generally in a bad state. So um, the whole uh, aerial, however, is used uh, by many people to relax, watch football together and party. And um, it has like, it's kind of serving now as a recreational space, but has it always been this way in the neighborhood? Well, actually not really, because uh, the lot had actually been abandoned for more than 10 years. 
as it has um, also been used to store buildings material on it, um, there might also be some toxic residue uh, in the soil which needs to be treated professionally. So as it is still quite overgrown with weeds, most of the area is difficult to use for relaxation. And uh, generally, I heard there has been a huge conflict between the activists of the Jardin and the authorities on the other side. Do you think there is a way to bridge this gap between them? Well, at the moment, the situation is quite difficult. Uh, just some weeks ago, the police was ordered to evacuate a part of the lot and they used tear gas and the activists accused them of violence. And maybe Les Tanneries uh, could serve as a good example. So uh, they were arguing with the city of Dijon over the building they occupied. But eventually the city transferred them to another building, especially for them. So they have now found a way to peacefully coexist. Peaceful coexistence. This would really be an utopia, I think, for Dijon. And this is our next song, Utopie Aire Révolté. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Dans la vie, c'est important de faire des rêves. Et l'utopie, elle me donne de la force et la joie. Utopie, tu me donnes la force pour continuer grâce à toi, je reste motivé. Utopie, je sais que dans la vie, c'est très important. Grâce à toi je reste motivé Utopie Je crois en toi et je vais tout faire pour te réaliser J'ai un rêve Je me lève le matin et je commence le vivre Et mon rêve Quand je te le raconte Est-ce que tu vas me suivre J'ai un rêve Je le fais quand je dors et je le fais aussi quand je suis éveillé Et mon rêve Je n'ai pas besoin de le cacher car de le suivre je suis prêt car Mon utopie oui je vais la gagner listening to Utopie Aire Revolte and we're staying on the Utopia theme. 
Having one's own green garden in the middle of the campus, for some it's a dream, but for Campus Comestible, it's reality. The Students' Initiative grows vegetables for their own consumption, and the idea behind it is also to learn about plants, biodiversity, and to value the amount of work that growing vegetables actually requires. My colleague Lucas is now here and speaking to Tiffen, who is a part of Campus Compostible. Yeah, thank you, Tiffan, for being here. Um, we talk about your project, Campus Compostible, which is particularly interesting because it's supported by the University of Dijon and also the city. Um, first of all, can you maybe explain to me what exactly is the garden and what do you do there? Uh, so the garden is uh, in the middle of the campus and it's the only place where vegetables uh, grow. Uh, there are lots of trees uh, that were planted the past year on the campus, but it's true that we're the only association uh, present on the campus. And we have 100 meters square uh, since two years. It's the second year that we have uh, the, the garden full of plants. Uh, so the project started uh, four years ago by raised uh, beds, and it started slowly to, to, to grow, and, uh, and yeah. Yeah, and um, you taught me you come nearly every day to the to the campus. Um, what do you do there? Well, gardening is a full-time investment. Uh, we're all volunteers, and it's true that uh, gardening you have to take plant uh, to take care of the plants. Uh, even if you planted the everything, you have to to come uh, to water the plants, check if they're okay, and also learn. Every time I go to the, I come I come to the garden, I, I learn something. So. Uh, the education part is uh, very important. Um, you're not all no, you're not only learning for yourself. You're also doing workshops. You told me um, what are those workshops yeah. like and who takes part in it. Uh, we do workshops uh, two times a week. Now it's on Thursdays and Saturdays. So we change in the morning and the evening because it's very warm in Dijon. So, uh, but we do workshops. So there's gardening, learning about the, the plants. We uh, started to build an insects uh, hotel to put it in the garden. Uh, yeah, there's lots to do. And it's very spontaneous. The, the workshops are open to anyone and it's for free. So it also depends of the number of people that come, uh, what people want to do because we, we have the chance to choose what to do and um, to take initiatives. And that's the, the big part of the, of the garden. Anyone can uh, decide to plant something, uh, ask another one, another person, uh, if it's good to plant it here, how it grows, is it going to stay forever in the garden or not? So, uh, and um, I mean, it's a lot of work to do, actually. So why did you decide to do it and do it? And why do you think it's important? Uh, so I, uh, two years ago, I was doing a service civic in France. So it's a small, not properly like a job, but I was in an other shared garden, which is a bit different than this one because our garden is open to anyone. The one I was, uh, where I was working, uh, is more like everyone has a, a little parcel, but yeah, I, I like gardening and I think it's a great chance opportunity to have a garden like we have on the campus. Uh, so it's uh, free and open to any student, but also for the people that live around. Anyone can come and help. So. Uh, and um, you also do. You always do this work, those workshops. You say it's important for you. But what do you think? It's the impact on the society. I think it's very simple. It makes people happy. Happy to be outside after the the past year uh, that we we all spent uh, mostly inside. Um, to talk, talk about uh, the plants, but also uh, cooking, because uh, eating and cooking is uh, also very important and part of gardening. So I think, yeah, making, creating social ties, making people meet, um, talking to different type of persons too, like little grandma that comes and help us and just to, to teach us how to, to grow a plant, uh, family coming with their kids, it's just great to see different people gathering around the garden and, um, and s simply s smiling. Yeah, um, I also think um, having a garden on the campus is not really usual. Can you tell me more about how the garden was created and how, what your relation with the university is? So uh, we are on uh, a parcel next to um, 
residence, a student's uh, residence, and uh, we depend of the Cruz, Cruz Bourgogne-Franche-Comté. So um, they uh, allowed us to be here. And it's true that we're free in the way that we can plant and do whatever we want. But uh, the Cruz allowed us to, to be uh, where we are. So, uh, but then, yeah, we get lots of, um, of support of the city, of the, the university, uh, the Cruz, uh, and simply other associations in the city too that contact us to do whatever project they want us in. So it's, it's good to be, to be present in the city and uh, on the campus too. Do you have an example for how the official institutions support you? An example? Well, we, we got uh, money from the city, uh, subvention. Yes. Uh, so, uh, and then, yeah, uh, we get uh, lots of, uh, uh, of gifts, like people having, I don't know, they have like three tomatoes left and they don't know what to do. They just uh, bring it to the garden. And then, yeah, we, we had um, uh, help from um, a shop uh, next to the garden. And uh, the woman just uh, told us that uh, grandmas give her money at the end uh, at the end of the day, and she didn't know what to do of this money, so they, she just decided to to give it to us and help us by bro by by uh, buying uh, stuff for the garden. So. Uh, so it seems uh, to me you have a lot of support from from the local um, population. Mm, exactly. And cool. very spontaneous uh, help too, because we always try to, to to do the maximum we can by ourselves, and it's always good and and very um, yeah it makes me happy to see all the spontaneous uh, help we we have. Yeah. You are, I think you have five students, uh, if I remember wrong. Uh, if well, I remember we're correctly. six in the association, uh, so everyone is co-president, and then there people coming uh, once in a while helping in the garden but it's been very complicated since uh have to say february because we we started the workshops again in february and there was only one workshop uh when we were uh actually 10 so the garden is pretty big so don't hesitate and come help us we don't ask you to come every week it's just whenever you want when you can And even if you're not very motivated by the rain, we can do another, uh, not be in the garden, but just talk about gardening, talk about projects we can uh, start in the garden. So um, again, the collective part, the, the, the social part and, um, and education part is, well, I think we have uh, pillars uh, to work on and to exploit and, um, yeah, in the future. So would you say that your project could be an example for other cities? Yeah, other cities, other universities, and simply for everyone uh, and anyone who sees a part uh, uh, where there are not no vegetables uh, next to their house. I don't know. It's it's easy to 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 grow anything, and and yeah, just uh, uh, rise awareness about uh, biodiversity and ecology and how to protect um, our planet and uh, and then how to how to grow stuff and uh, and eat what you grew is the satisfaction is just enormous so um so i see um your garden is not only about growing vegetables but also educating people exactly exactly the pedagogy is very important so uh, the next project is to Because uh, actually, uh, at the moment, there are no indications of what trees are in the garden, what vegetables are in the garden. So it's important that we we make it sure it's written and uh, and people can come and be more free and feel more free in the garden. Because um, sometimes I, I see people at the garden and they tell me, oh, I didn't know there was actually a student uh, students taking care of an association taking care of the garden. So um, yeah work on this pedagogy part uh. cool so if anybody's interested he can just come to your garden thanks for being here today thank you thank you Tiffan thank you Lucas we just learned gardening can be a source of relaxation also just like our next song Pulko by Asgard MS
J'ai perdu la foi mais j'ai gagné en force Les dieux m'accompagnent et le combat se corse Je prie peu j'étends, je préfère bomber le torse Jute même si je suis le pingouin face aux morses Plutôt que chaler renforcer ton écorce Tente le cap, n'aie pas peur de l'entorse Pour la bataille j'ai rassemblé mes forces Lors du combat faudra pas parler mort Coup de mon fer, je suis un lève-toi, je fais l'affaire Tu te plonges c'est l'enfer Mais t'as rien fait donc la ferme Je m'en bats les couilles, c'est délirant Rien dans les fouilles, le délivrant Osez pas plaquer à ce n'est pas Dwina dans un palace Je tout dans du matos de luxe Recette secrète matos de luxe Plutôt que la gueule de rouge teste la lucidité This show has taken us to some interesting places so far. We now know more about local politics, social conflicts, we talked about gardening. And with me now are Claire, Clementine, Diana and Rahel to do a short recap of the week, talking about their feelings, perceptions and how they might see things differently. So we mentioned Le Jardin de l'Engrenage, but can be described as an alternative space created to fight against the destruction of a wild land by the local authorities to build instead a housing project. And actually, we also visited two other places over the week, a bit similar, but with differences as well, where activism is at the core of the actions led. Le Jardin de l'Antillère, a three-quarter born from a demonstration in Dijon in 2010, after which some several hundred people came to clear and then cultivate some of the nine hectares by the city's agricultural land. Eleven years later, this place still exists and has turned into a living space quite unique. It has, amongst other things, a cultivated garden called Le Jardin des Maraîchères that is driven by volunteers and provides food for a not-for-profit free price weekly market. And another place we've been is called Letanerie, 
a self-managed space, a social, cultural and political center occupied since 1998. So first question, uh, what have been your first impressions when you arrived to these places? Okay, maybe I can start. Yeah, Clementine. Uh, so I'm Clementine, but I'm from Dijon, so I already knew those places. But it was really, really nice to go with you because I'm used to it, but it was really nice to go it. Like, I was kind of feeling it was the first time. And it's a place that are so, so nice. And it's, um, it's really, really good to see how they can be autonomous, how they can fight against projects and to... Yeah, to live in a utopia in some way, and um, I would like to. I don't know. It's a really It's a big inspiration for me, and I would really like to to do that maybe one day. And people are really welcoming. Like every every places we went there, everyone just talked to us. They they were like really nice, and we also gave help. But it was yeah a really good place, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you, Clementine, and. Uh, well, I'm not from Dijon, I'm from Germany, and uh, plus I, I come from a little village, so uh, there's not a, there, there are not such places actually, but for example in Berlin I've already been in squatted houses where there were concerts and stuff, but I've never seen something like that. I mean, it's like a parallel world actually, they're constructed, like which is really autonomous and independent, and I think it's just, uh, yeah, really impressive. Um, how they managed to organize themselves, to finance themselves, and also to give something to the city, for example, by providing a market with vegetables um, that uh, are at a free price, so you can pay whatever you like. Uh, yes, actually, uh, I'm Diana. I never seen uh, such a thing before this. I didn't know what to expect when we first went there. But uh, as soon as uh, we got to the site, uh, I felt this great vibe and energy from the people and uh, a very friendly environment. And uh, uh, yeah, the settlement, I think it's really important and uh, really uh, a sign for um, uh, the ecologic uh, movement and uh, it's really important to have such places in big cities and small cities as well. Um, we don't have them in Romania, not really. Even if we have them, they're really isolated. Uh, so it was a great experience. Okay, and so like you already answered uh, to the next question, which is, do you know about similar places like those in your country? And if it's the case, what would be like the differences and the similarities? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, um, Julien asked me already about it, our cameraman. And it's uh, it's funny because I think there must be similar places, but I think like these kind of things are always really unique because the people are unique. Uh, the goal is, uh, yeah, I think every time it's a different one. And so uh, I'd say uh, I've never seen something like that. And I think there's also well, like similar projects in Germany. But I think, for example, Les Tanneries, it's like really so so special to have something like that in a city and uh, also to to create cultural life and to give something back to the community yeah mm. i think that the tenery is something yeah really unique even in france dijon is well known for that like every time i was in paris before and when i was telling them that i was from dijon and i was uh, yeah doing a lot of demonstration I'm like on the left side and stuff and they were like ah they were speaking about the tenery and everyone like knows it in france and uh, I think it's a good question too because we need to um, to know those places. The only thing that is kind of hard sometimes is to know the people, to have the contact. And sometimes uh, even if you are living in a place where there are those kind of places, alternative pla places, uh, you have to know someone from there to go there, to, to know where it is, yeah, to totally. know what is happening. And yeah, it's maybe the, the only thing that I can that I can say that it's kind of hard sometimes, but when you go there, everyone is so so nice and the welcoming is so cool. Mm. So yeah, you just know to, to you just have to know someone and then it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what about Romania, Diana? How is uh, it? Yes, there? actually, I'm gonna talk about Cluj because um, I don't know much about uh, these kind of movements in Bucharest, the capital. Uh, so in Cluj, we have uh, really isolated uh, movements like this, like. Um, 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 I don't know what to say right now, like, uh, like free exchange places with uh, local products and uh, free exchange of services. Uh, but there are really like uh, just uh, dozens of people who really uh, are interested in these places. 
But uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to say that the movement uh, of um, uh, social activism and um, uh, ecological activism is on the rise there. So we have many activists who uh, protest against uh, big uh, bu buildings like um, uh, for uh, deforestation and also for uh, the construction of uh, social houses. So I think we're picking up even though now we don't have such big uh, movements social justice and environmental protection are two big values claimed and defended uh, in those places. Do you actually personally think that these two principles are compatible in these places? <laughs> it's a hard a question. Hard question. Yeah, totally. yeah, I know it is. Yeah, well, difficult. actually, I think it's, uh, well, I've, I've, I think that we've seen before when we talked about um, L'Engrenage and about the dilemma there, so actually that it could be a housing space, but at the same time, uh, it's uh, well, it's been squatted for similar for, for several reasons um, that can also be uh, be like understood. But I think in general, it's like um, you always have to find maybe uh, also the right conditions to to install yourself. So, for example, when you take the tannery, I mean the fact that the like the municipal or that the city gave them a building where they could install themselves, where there was actually the space to do that kind of stuff. I mean, that also permits that you can actually uh, put it all together, that there's nothing that, for example, that there's no space for housing that's occupied and like stolen from the people that might need it or something like that. And at the same time, uh, for example, also Les Lentières, I think it's the same thing, right? You have a lot of space, you create a garden, you give it back to the community. So it can be compatible, but I think uh, you need the right conditions and also maybe sometimes luck. Uh, Do you want to react? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, but I was just thinking about how you can go to those places and how you can like live there. And sometimes it, I was do, saying the same, uh, uh, the same thing before, but uh, I was thinking that when, when you don't know anyone and where you're not from, I don't know, the middle class and you're maybe like in a lower class or something and you, know, you don't get the chance to know those people. For example, I know some people from university because I have the chance to go there, but there are so many people that just don't get in contact with uh, other, other people. And uh, yeah, it's kind of hard and I would like that everyone could go there, but sometimes uh, harder than this. So yeah. And Diana, do you want to add something? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think um, this um, experience for me was really uh, good because I saw like a part of activism that I've never seen before and uh, that can be implemented in, uh, uh, in local and uh, social politics and set an agenda for the future because I believe this is the future and so even though the authorities uh, don't really know how to approach this movement right now, it uh, is important for them to know about uh, what's happening there, to uh, try and help and not uh, be a burden, at least that. And um, yeah, I think this is uh, just beginning. This movement is uh, is just uh, at uh, at the beginning, and it, we're gonna see a lot more of this. And it's important for us, the journalists, to to show the world uh, what they are about, and uh, maybe um, uh, to destroy some uh, misconceptions and uh, misjudgments about it. Um, so uh, it was a really great experience. I just want to add uh, this because I've never seen um, anything like this before, and I was really happy to report on it. Well, thank you very much, guys, for answering to these questions. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank it was you. really interesting. <laughs> thank you all for being here and for sharing this moment with us. Um, it was a really interesting discussion. It didn't get very heated, but our next song is about heat. It's called 30 Grad in German, which means 30 degrees in English by MC Fitti. Digitalanzeige auf meinem Bordcomputer. Ich 
bin MC Fitty und der Sommer ist mein Homie. 30 Grad, Flamingos und Flipper, Sonnenbrille auf und rein in die Slipper. 30 Grad, kolumbianischer Schnee, rosanes Sakko im Cabriolet. einem Schnellboot von VW um die Ecke gefahren und die Hipster schreien boah, ich trage heute Softeis und sonst nichts, Ruse durch die Gegend, Flipper und ich. Wir hängen am Pool, spielen Detektiv, ich muss sie untersuchen, nachschaffen Waffen, Strandpromenade, 50 mal runter, 50 mal rauf, die Medien rasten aus. Ich fahre heute Jetski durch deine Hut, Barkeeper bitte noch zwei Sex on the Beach, alle machen Welle, die Leute surfen ab, wir trinken buntes Wasser, bis der Flamingo platzt. 30 Grad, Flamingos und Flipper, Sonnenbrille auf und rein in die Slipper. 30 Grad, kolumbianischer Schnee, rosanes Sakko im Cabriolet. Ich bin MC für die Chicken Breakdance DJ. Ich bin MC für die Chicken Breakdance DJ. Flamingos und Flipper, Sonnenbrille auf und rein in die Slipper. 30 Grad, kolumbianischer Schnee, rosanes Sakko im Cabriolet. 30 Grad, Flamingos und Flipper. We've taken a look towards the past, recapitulating what we did during the week, and now it's time to take a look towards the future. My colleague Grieg is here with me, and he would like to invite everyone who's listening to share their ideas and input on urban, social, and ecological challenges, and to also find out more about expectations and perspectives for the next couple of years. Grieg, the mic is yours. It's already a well-known fact that the climate change and the unsustainable practice of resources management, it's an old debate, started already 50 years ago. Just in the few last years, the United Nations and the European Union started to be an active part in uh, this international debate, uh, but also to, to put this debate on the core of their um, discourses, policies, and most important uh, investment plans for the future. But the ecological transition cannot be implemented without a systemic paradigm shift in economy, without making the economy working for citizens' well-being. Um, in practice, that means to prioritize climatic neutral investments, to promote circular economy, responsible consumption and production, but also to stimulate social cohesion and regional uh, cohesion by fighting against energetic and economic inequalities. My name is Greg Vulpe, I'm a Romanian anthropologist working in the field of local and regional participative development. Three years ago, I started a project called Transit 2030 because of my interest for public consultation and civic engagement for collaborative public policies. Together with Centre Cultural Franco-Romena Nant and civil society organization from Cluj-Napoca, I had the chance to interview uh, 10 stakeholders from Cluj-Napoca, Romania. But now, because I'm in Dijon as a participant in Europe Convergence journalist team, uh, I want to propose to all of you an exercise, a civic in imagination exercise. Um, let's start to talk and think together about how 
would we like to be our lives, our communities, our cities and our nations in the next 10 years. If you want to share your ideas, please send us an electronic message at uh, this address europeconvergence.media at gmail.com I repeat europeconvergence.media at gmail.com Please specify the transit in the subject. Looking forward for your input. Keep in touch online with Magna Vox and Transit 2030 hashtags. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. You heard it, people. Get your thinking hat on and come up with some ecological transition ideas. Contact us on the email Greg gave you. And he already mentioned Cluj-Napoca, a city in Romania where Europe Convergence will continue this summer. And sadly, our session is already coming to an end, but we'll finish with a song from Romania. Here's Luna Amara, Albastru. for listening everyone and thank you to Eva to Magnavox and to the European Union for making all of this possible it was an amazing week and thank you also for to Julia and to Radio Dijon campus for having us see you soon bye <laughs>